0: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Wave Check Podcast. This is episode 8. Today I'm joined with Sharon from 410 Gaming. Uh, but Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, JDB Labs, official, or also known as Fresh Up Hydration. Uh, they have just released their new flavor, uh, seasonal flavor, Santa's Cookies. Uh, personally, I've never tried it, but I've heard a lot of good things about that. So if you would like to try that, it is an exclusive item, so make sure you get over there sooner rather than later. You can check them out at their Twitter at JDB Labs Official or head on over to their website at freshenuphydration.com. So as I said, I am joined by Sharon from four ten gaming. So how you doing, buddy?
1: Pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, so just like I start off most of these podcasts when I have these organization owners, um, Kind of just give us the rundown of 410, uh, like how you came up with it, how it started, and kind of like the origin story behind it.
1: Got you. So, um, we started back in April. Me and my best friend since probably around 6th grade, Drew, um, we kind of were always in the eSports scene. I played like competitively during BO2 when I probably shouldn't have uh, just because I was around 13, but it's once COVID hit, we kind of needed something to do um, after getting laid off of work. So it was like we actually we always wanted to do something like this, start an org. So then we just were like, I mean, f it, and let's start one. Um, of like, but follow the same ideology, like that. What we liked and disliked from all the orgs, and kind of just piece them together to our org. But our whole thing is about family and. Everyone who's been in a like part of us knows that. Um, the name 410 really comes from we're from Baltimore, Maryland, that's our area code is 410410. So it's kind of like we're the only esports org pretty much repping
0: Baltimore. That's actually that's pretty cool and unique. I actually didn't know that until now, but uh, so I guess, yeah, COVID, I think you know, obviously a lot of people lost their jobs, including yourself, and I. Personally, was supposed to have an internship that fell through. And that's kind of how I ended up starting Wave Runners too. was I uh, had a lot of free time. I was in and out of the esports world. Um, I personally started, I, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it like esports, but like the trick shotting scene back in like 2012 is where I like yeah. really started. And then I kind of got into competitive around... Um uh block ups too, I'd say for a little bit. Then I kinda stopped playing. Um, I kept watching because I was a big fan of like you know, of optic back in the day, like yeah, Skunk, Nadeshot, Shot, all them. And then, you know, kinda when I came to college kinda took kinda stopped watching, stopped paying attention to it. And then like this last year when Wand Warfare starting up and with uh, Call of Duty going to franchising, kind of got back into it, and it was like, you know what, like, esports is something that I've always been interested in, not even just Call of Duty, I've gotten very interested in other esports as, you know, uh, like with me starting my own organization, me branching out into other esports has kind of been something that I really like doing. I was like, you know, if I could make this a job, that would be amazing. Obviously, it's going to be insanely hard, but I think that's what a lot of us want to do with running our orgs because, I mean, yeah, having like your own team and like watching them is fun, but at the end of the day, it's like, I, we all have like goals and ambitions and hopefully that—that that is kind of where we want to be and not just in it for like the short run, try to be in it for the long haul, I
1: guess,
0: is how I see it.
1: That's, I completely agree. That's, like, one of our whole biggest things is, like, we don't really care about the short term. It's all that long term, like, the angle of, like, wanting to be able to pay everybody's salary, be a, like, a running company, have a company house, all that. Like, you see, like, the 100 Thieves and all of them do. That's kind of, like, the end goal for us. We're at the starting block. um, But at least, like, our whole big thing is, like, to run the good or like your owners and the people leading it have to have the ambitions for it to actually go somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where like that's what we're all about is the angle of being able to pay all our staff, all our players, be able to have 410 house, be able to send any team to any tournament when lands come back, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Um, I think hopefully. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't see any lands coming back till pilot champs
0: yeah, um, so like next summer yeah it's gonna be a while uh, but you made a good point that like surrounding yourself with you know like motivated people who have like the same mindset i think that's probably the toughest thing that these small organizations have like myself included is because like a lot of these teams are being ran by very few individuals and like on the outside looking in, you might think that it's you know not that hard. Like, oh, you just have like a Call of Duty team or like two Call of Duty teams. Like, it can't be that hard to manage. But like, it there's a way more to it than just like simply picking up a team and like that's it. Like, you have to like you check in on them. Like, you make plans with like for them. You like yeah, it's have a- graphics people. You got to talk to you yeah other people that you're talking to trying to like network and stuff like that, so the more you know like the whole cliche saying like the more the merrier, the more people that you can trust and bring into that i guess circle circle of management uh the better because then you can start delegating stuff, start putting more time and more focus on other things personally, like I know with myself adding a couple of. Uh, management positions, I've been able to really focus on content ideas because that's kind of where I want to start heading into. um I know the because uh, technically it's the off season for Call of Duty. It's but, so, um, but even though what I think we got like a week week from tomorrow is yeah, when like, Cold War drops, so the season will be starting soon. it get um, hectic again. Yeah, but who knows when the rules will be announced and stuff like that? Because I know there's leagues already starting, which I not agree with but i understand why they do it but yeah so bringing in people like that definitely 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 helps and like you were talking about 100 thieves that kind of uh, fits in perfectly with something that i wanted to talk about obviously since we're both call of duty organizations primarily uh, what are your thoughts on 100 thieves getting that la spot you know, there's a lot I of speculation that they like, might get it, and HL was like, ah, we don't think we have the money to get it. But I guess what are your overall thoughts on that and, I guess, expectations for them for this season?
1: See, So from the start, I told everybody that like I should have bet money on it because um, as soon as it came out that Hex got the optic, got OpTic back, that dude was the GOAT. Like that is Yeah, that was huge. My role model when it comes to stuff. Because I grew up watching him. So that's like kinda the same double press that I try to have. Um but I caught it because after it sat there and then the hundred thieves got rid of the got rid of their CSGO team, I think.
0: Yeah, they did. And yeah. I just
1: created cat meet yeah, I just created room. Like it it really gave them the because like they were kind of struggling with CSGO when they were supposed to be a powerhouse and then it kinda gave them the money getting the COD. And it's like Nade shot being Nade shot, he can pretty much recruit who he wants that is free. I think this year is like I don't really have too high of expectations. I don't think they're. I think they're gonna do solid. They're gonna be solid, but it's like I think really looking into it is gonna be like next year because all the other teams in here already had that one year, um, like just organization wise like already had that one year to kind of feel out how everything is ran and goes and they're coming in sort of behind everyone but it's it's gonna be interesting i'll have more thoughts like once their roster drops
0: um, yeah because i think that if i'm not mistaken they have like so obviously the spot they have was the optic gaming la spot so that was you know slasher uh, tj kenny Draza and, Draza and whoever yeah. the fifth guy was, can't remember. But so, so I think that they like have to keep that roster that they that OG LA had. So I yeah, like you said, I I think that they'll be pretty good this year. I don't think they're they'll probably be like mid level, but I definitely think once Nate Shot can actually start, I guess working in his magic, talking to hit the players he wants, the the connections he has. I think he can build a very, very solid squad because one player in particular I think would, and I personally hope uh, goes to LA Thieves would be Sam or Octane because I know yeah. he has a lot of respect yeah. for Nate Shot when he was with 100 Thieves, really like playing for him. And Octane is one hell of a player. Um, and Seattle Surge has had a lot of negative publicity as far as how their management is run. Um, yeah, so that's that something that I kind of hope and realistically could see happening.
1: I can see it too. And then also, like, it depends on how the roster goes, the Seattle Seattle's roster, yeah, roster goes that is true. this year. Because they have a lot – there's a lot of promise on that roster. Yeah. But it's a lot of – they're going to have to fill roles um, for it to actually work out. So then does not just turn in the
0: Octane 1v4 and everybody on the map? Yeah, and then a lot of people are skeptical on Gunless because he's had some history of... I don't want to say, like, his ego, but, like, butting heads with teammates a lot because that's... I mean, he's a very talented player, but, you know, there's been a lot of past... Not a lot, but there's been some of his past teammates who have said, like... He's not. He can be. He to work with. Yeah, he's hard to work with, or he can be hard to work with. But I guess moving from the CDL down to Challengers, which is where our organizations will be, um, the uh, Challengers announced. I want to uh, say it was like right before Halloween that they're going to add the Elite, and uh, I think it was called yeah. Call of Duty yeah. Challengers Elite, and then the Call of Duty Challengers like Scout Scout series. So with the, well, I'm gonna pull it up right now actually. It's Challengers, with that Elite I'm series, a... I believe it is basically like eight teams qualify from North America, eight teams qualify from uh, Europe, but it's not like champs it's like something completely different if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah i was kind of talking to one of our coaches about it and i think it's um kind of like eight teams qualify but then it's like teams have the chance to fight in. It. like it's i don't know all the um like details for everything i know kind of more about the scouting like the scouting series yeah. than the elite um but I think it's going to be interesting for them just adding tiers. So it's not just like regular challengers events because everything's going to be online. People yes. can like keep trying to say, oh, it's not all going to be on, everything's going to be online. There's no way they can do a bubble for challengers just like they're, they're thinking about doing for CDO. Um, but I think it's a good idea to actually have the elite thing just because there's going to be so many teams because now it's cross plat.
0: Yeah, with it being cross plot and then even just dropping down uh the roster sizes, you know, it makes it that much you know the competition's that much higher because if you think about that's twelve considered pros that are now in challengers with other probably there's tens of other people that you could argue should have a spot in the C D L already battling it out. Plus you have younger players coming up. And you have like all these other organizations coming up with talented rosters. It's yeah, it's going to be extremely competitive. And with it being online, it's it's, it's almost like anyone's game, really. Yeah, it's
1: going to be it's going to be interesting because um, it's like I'm just excited to see just because it's going to be so much like untapped talent just because it's cross that is, like. Kids are going to make names for themselves
0: that nobody ever knew who they were. Yeah. Exactly. Um, just because they were playing Xbox or something. Yeah. Just because they were on PC or playing
1: Xbox. Like, and it's that was really going to make some... It's just going to make the whole thing going to be completely different than how Challengers was this year, this last year for MW. And, um,
0: and it's just crazy to think about, like, the fact that it, it wasn't even cross-platform. Like, there's no reason in my mind, that it shouldn't have been because, I mean, the game itself was cross splat, But, I mean, yeah. it's still good that they, they finally ha- added it. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that scouting series, I finally pulled it up. It's this, it'll be December 15th through the 18th. will offer top-ranked talent to showcase their skills. CDL coaches will create a four-person draft of invited players, 128 total, 64 from NA, 64 from EU. So that's something... And then it says 48 players per region will be drafted into CDL into matches with CDL players. So this is just something I think will really help, like we've been saying, get players names out there to these organiz- to these CDL teams. Cause I mean a lot of these probably CDL coaches and like analysts and recruiters and stuff like that. They probably you know keep track on challengers, but to be honest, they're probably not too involved in like who's up and coming and stuff like that because you know they have their list of players they know their players like through connections that, that they like and they know that are talented. but I think this is really gonna it basically forces them to you know get outside their comfort zone and really like actually recruit and scout people, you know as it's called the scouting series.
1: Yeah, it's going to show who which one of these am like who out of these all these ams can actually compete with the pros yeah. um in these matches it kind of sucks because a lot of people think like this guy since it's december is really going off of your mw pro points so it's the top like pro points they're choosing off of pro points for mw so this last season so it's like a lot of people are misunderstanding. I have a couple of people like that are in my DMs like asking me about it, and a lot of people are misunderstanding that it's like it's not going off anything Cold War. So if you didn't have a lot of pro points in MW, you're not going to be in a scouting season at least for this year or yeah. this scouting season session.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if they will have you know like a another scouting series like towards the end of the year for Cold War that would be. I think that would be smart. I think it yeah, I think it'd be smart.
1: I think the more involvement they have with challengers, and I think they understand that too, the more involvement they have with everything, every aspect of challengers is the bigger the audience for a CDL and everything. Because people are going to start actually following their favorite like AM challengers players and then say, one of them made it to the CDL. Like it's like you can create a whole storyline with it. Um, Yeah. Kind of like college sports going to professional sports. It's kind of like the same thing, not really, but in terms of like esports wise, it's like it would be smart on their end to gain views and to gain more people watching just off of if they follow challengers.
0: Yeah, because you have obviously, you know, the people watching, they have like their favorite CDL team or like their CDL players. But as far as like their favorite challengers team, stuff like that, you know, it's kind of hard to to say because you know i mean i i personally watched a little bit of challengers mainly just champs but you know with this scouting series because i was obviously focused a lot on my team but i think yeah. with this it grow and it also grows or gives the chance for these players to grow their personal brand through like the scouting and stuff like that which is always good because even if you don't make it to a pro level if You know, you're recognized as a top am, and you start streaming more often. You know, that's a source of income they can bring in, plus probably getting paid if they're a top am, anyways. But you
1: still make a living off of
0: it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely creates storylines, which I think will be good to hear. Because I mean, even if you look at Hydra coming um, into Subliners, he's a really good am player, and you know, he got the chance, and now he's on. CDL roster I'm not sure if he's a starter or if he's a sub but either way You know, he's a pro now So I guess yeah, I just think
1: challengers is just gonna be interesting <laughs> That's all I say. Yeah, yeah and with it's challengers
0: um, You guys 410 as I'm talking about have um, You guys have two rosters going into Cold War is that correct? We
1: are actually going to have three
0: three okay um
1: we made a decision to only stick with three because back in april we kind of like recruited we probably had like five six rosters um at the end time it because we weren't like focused on challengers because we were kind of late to the game yeah um because we started halfway through the season so we were like let's just divide and conquer the twitter leagues and tournaments and kind of start getting our name out there um and it turned into a lot of trial and error, but we ended up with some pretty solid rosters representing us, and I appreciate all of them. They all know who they are, and so then going to Cold War, we were like, we're just gonna stick with three rosters that we know can win things, and that are hungry, and
0: go from there. Yeah, because, uh, for for Modern Warfare, you guys, uh, one of your rosters that I was very familiar with was uh, consisted of. The duo that probably well, a decent amount of people listening probably know, which was Louie and Frosty, um, but I—they're not with you going into a cold war. But one roster that when I saw you guys got, I—I I knew instantly, like was going to be huge for you guys was the picking up of um, some of those old AS1 players: uh, risky,
1: fishy, careless,
0: fishy, careless, and
1: Youngjust? young Joss. Yeah, Yeah. so as of right now, Young Joss is not coming on to us, um, staying with us for Cold War. Um, we'll see how time goes. But one of our rosters is Bishy, Risky, and Careless, um, who are still trying to figure out 100% who their fourth is going to be. But even with that core three going in the 4v4, if your core three is any one of them, you know that team's going to be solid.
0: Yeah, because um, they basically ran the Twitter league scene. Yeah. Towards, and yeah. towards the end.
1: The fact that we sat down with them and they actually said they're going to take Cold War serious and do challenges. They really didn't do challenges and they really didn't. Like a lot of people don't understand is like they really did not take MW serious. Their last scrim was probably back in like June. Yeah. Um, to get ready and they still were able to do what they did and now going to Cold War, they're ready to grind out and actually make a name for themselves which is its terrifying. It would be terrifying to me if they weren't under me. Yeah, But I'm happy is. that
0: it it's that serious. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> um, that they're taking
0: it serious.
1: And that's just one of our rosters. And that's exactly. like the crazy part.
0: Yeah, because um, I think Them having a a year with challengers, I think they genuinely can be a top North American team because um, anytime one of my teams had to play them, which I think was only once, luckily, but it's not fun because (laughs) you can practice, you can scrim all you want, come up with strats all you want, but it just always seems like they... They're just better at the game.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing with them is, like, their whole friendship dynamic, um, which is, like, they all each individually have their kind of, like, their own egos, but they're all very close friends. so it's more like they're just genuinely having fun. And, like, them talking trash to each other just makes them play even, like, better even more. So then it's, like, there really is no bad moment with them um and i honestly tell them like if they took mw serious they would have qualified for champs because there's a lot of teams that qualify for champs in mw that they've never beat them yeah um so it's like cold war it's like cold war is like it's gonna be a completely different game and that's what i think a lot of kids don't understand is like you may have been good at modern warfare everyone was all right at modern warfare Going back to 4v4 and Cold War, I think it's going to really show who's actually good and who's not.
0: Yeah, it's going to, it requires a lot more skill rather than, per, a lot more personal skill rather than just team chemistry and uh, team skill. I don't, know, I don't know if that'd be the right word. Because that one less yeah. player, I mean, a lot of people might think it's the same play style, but it's, it's really not. You know, having two less players on the map just changes the whole dynamic of spawns of, you know, pushing stuff like collapsing on Hills to like stuff like that. It just changes a lot of things that people don't realize. Exactly. And it's just personally, my eyes, it's more fun to watch.
1: It is. Um, And I just think a lot of it's that. And it's just, even in the Twitter leagues, there's going to be so many more teams. Like, Everything's going to increase with the amount of teams just because everything's cross-plat. So, even like some of the Twitter leagues that said they wanted, like, at before it was like no PC players, but now everything's PC players with a controller. Like, yeah, there's going to be so many people. So then it's like teams are going to have to actually want to sit down and learn the game now instead of just getting on and play. They're going to have to like, actually break the game down if they want to be successful. And. Um, I think that's what's really going to differentiate some early teams and pretty much all the challenger teams is who's going to sit down. It's like that basic skill and map knowledge is going to be there. Um, there's going to be a factor, but like people that are actually sitting down and learning the game is going to be the people that are successful in the game.
0: Yeah. And, you know, with a lot of, there's a lot and there's so many people motivated for Cold War because um modern warfare wasn't too it wasn't a good call of duty i'm just gonna go on and yeah. say that especially for competitive so a lot of people are like rejuvenated they're happy a new call of duty is coming out and it's the beginning of a new season so you know everyone not everyone but like there's going to be more people coming into it because you know at, towards the end of modern warfare there were a lot of teams and players just dropping off because they just yeah. didn't like the game anymore. They'd, the meta stuff like that. So, going into a new Call of Duty, you know, people have played the beta. There's been a lot of positive feedback with it so far. There's, like you said, there's going to be so many more teams in these Twitter leagues, good and bad. I think there's going to be a lot of bad teams coming in, but I do think there's going to be some teams that, you know, we don't even know about that we've never heard from Modern Warfare that come yeah. out and this just shine. So, I mean, which is good to see. And kind of piggybacking off what you said about, you know, with uh, your team of three, Risky Bishy and Careless having that like that friendship, that's something that was that was something that I was really looking at um, when I was choosing uh, my rosters for wave runners uh, because I had a lot of issues with people, not even their egos, but they just genuinely didn't like playing together. And if you don't like playing together, you're not going to play well. Like, that's just, yeah. if if so facto. And the two teams that I've picked up, like, they are all, like, really good friends. Like, they're, I guess there are teams of four, like, are really good friends. Like, they've been friends for a while. Like, they play other games besides Call of Duty together and stuff like that. Like, if you if you're a team and you are only logging on to, you know, scrim or play a match with each other, you know, you could be good, but you're kind of, like, putting a cap on how good you yeah. can be because chemistry and friendship does play a, a factor in how you perform as a team. Because you team. start, you get more trust both in yourself and in all of the other players. So you're not constantly thinking about what they're doing. You kind of trust and know like they're gonna be there when you need them, basically.
1: Yeah, that and it's like, you actually start wanting to win not just for yourself, but for your friend, like, for yeah. your teammates. Um, and that's big. Like, our other rosters, so we have two other rosters. Um, there's another roster that's still kind of being built. We're kind of almost being done being built. And that's where it's, like, our recruiting at the end, like, MW and just right before Cold War is I'm really happy where we're at because probably, like, let's say our – you could say our weakest roster is a lot of people's best roster. Um, and but like every single one of our rosters, they're all best friends. And that was one of the biggest things. Like it might be like one or two people that are would be brand new just because of having to recruit people. Um, but the biggest thing, like here is like keep the vibes up because the vibes always have to be up as soon as there's an argument there's going to be arguments and everything like that because everyone is it's the internet everyone says whatever they want on the internet exactly but it's how you bounce back from all of that um and that's one thing we really like preach here is we are a family every single roster is in 410 is a family as soon as you're in 410 you are a family you're part of the family so you're going to act like family, like that whole mm-hmm. dynamic Family's going to fight all that, but it's, are you fighting and then just raging and getting off? Or are you fighting and you're laughing about it and then actually seriously talking about what's going on. Um, and that's what really makes it break rosters because it's like cold. War's going to start and there's going to be a lot of rosters that a set. And then there's going to be a lot of free agent posts.
0: Yeah. Like first week of December. Oh, uh, when yeah. rosters break up. Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of, I'm gonna get some heat for this. I'm going to say it anyways. A lot of players just straight up don't know how to take criticism. They, they you, even if they're teammates or like if you as like a coach or an owner, tell them like try to help them out, they'll take it personally and they'll just basically blow up. And like I do, I understand it kind of in a way. Like I think a lot of these – so I come from like my background, I guess me personally, like I've done like sports all my life, like and throughout Same. high school, I do a sport in college. So I've kind of built myself off of like, I am like thick skinned and when like my coach yells at me or one of my teammates yells at me, like I do not take it personally. Like if they are yelling at me, I usually know like it's something super serious and like I need to listen. And I think a lot of people when that happens in esports and Call of Duty specifically, when that happens they take it more as personal attack you know they take it as their teammates calling them bad rather than they're really trying to help out you as an individual and more importantly help out the team
1: yeah I, I think the biggest thing when it comes to that is like one I always had to like tell myself and remind like the rest of the team like this is the internet um, yeah Half the time, like if you weren't doing challengers, half the time, if kids 13, 14, this like eighteen, where they are untouchable in their head, like they have nothing to improve on, they're
0: untouchable, but yeah, they, they want to get to the next level. They should be pros. A lot of them say, yeah, like they just need the chance. Or I when kids say that,
1: or, or when a lot of people say, "Well, I'm friends with some semi pros. I'm friends with top ams, but you're not a top am." Doesn't matter. So you need to work on, like, you need to hear people out and work on stuff going on. Because, like, I've had rosters where it was like, everyone but one person will, like, agree that they messed up doing a certain thing. And they would sit there and argue because that one person would say that they were right. And then then they'll be like, oh, all right, we'll try out one time and watch it don't work. But then it completely changed the outcome and they won the map. And it's just about, like, people are hard-headed and I get it, like it's part of being a human, you're not going to always hear criticism, but at the end of the day, if you want to get to where you like your end goal wants to be, you have to like love criticism. Love criticism, love failure. When you lose a map, learn from it.:
0: Yes, um, that's like the most important like thing being able to accept a loss and learn from it and not just throw it away, because you're not going to win every game, you're not going to win every map. And losing and failure, like you've said losing and failing at stuff like is a, is genuinely a good thing because it kind of resets you and really opens you up to change and for the better. And that's not just in call of duty and playing a scrim. That's it. That's like basically a life lesson.
1: Yeah. That's straight up anything. And we tell our teams and it's to a point where we say it so much that it's like our teams kind of already know. Um, that it's like, you got. Everyone hates losing, but you also have to learn to love it. Because um, if you really hate losing, then you're gonna do everything in your power not to lose. Um, which means then you're breaking down maps, doing the extra scrims and everything like that. And it's like, a lot of people going into Cold War need to really decide if they really want to pursue getting to where they want to be, or if they're okay at staying where they're at because they're gonna have to change their mindset. and That's the thing. And it's a lot of like, and that's where like coming to org owner like standpoint is like you can tell people that, and depending on how they take it, they'll leave your team and then just like act like your org was terrible, just because, <laughs> yeah, you told them, like what't even happen, i I' had that happen few things and not even just players, like, and I think that's the thing that really. We decided we wanted to limit the amount of teams we had in the Cold War because Modern warfare. Like, I appreciate everyone that walked through our door, but it, it turned into a headache.
0: Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people a
1: lot of people handle a lot of people that think there's nothing to change, or they're already the best, or they played with the best in eights or like in tens, so they think they're the best. So no one can tell me anything like it's a lot of it's like it's a lot of mixture of everything and um that's where it's like cold war it's like we want to eliminate that and just solidify ourselves like as a cod team I think we kind of solidified our name in like Twitter leagues and the twitter community yeah um and you kind of can call this like tier three like t three um but, Comp and now we're like, we want to move to that T2, like, Challengers and kind of a little higher names there. So it's like, we're working with people who, like, players that are actually going to be professional, players that actually want to grow, and of name, compete. Um, our second roster, so Bish and Careless and them are our 410 gaming roster. And then we have a 410 nation roster, which it's all signed. They kind of um announce themselves, but we're going to wait to announce them soon. Um, completely love that roster so far too. I think it's another competitive with Bish and Kalis, which is like I said, terrifies me. Um they are a couple of the players, like one of the players, he already said this is his last year. He's he's been playing for years. Lands, different works and everything and he wants to put his all out there. And the rest of his team backs him up as that and he's the captain of the team and they're all feeding off that energy. They're Coaches feed off that same. Energy. I, I think it's like important that like everyone that has in that team, even if it's like you're a manager managing a team, you have to feed off the same energy your team is giving. And if your team wants to pull their all out and win, as a manager, as a coach, you got to put your all out and win. And I think that's the biggest thing that kind of drives is like passion. The kids, like you can have a better team skill wise, but if the other team has more passion than you, they might, they possibly would pull out that map. Um, Yeah.
0: And that is a huge thing. Yep. Totally agree. So I just want to, one last question. Uh, This is a question I always ask the the guests to come on. Um, Where do you see both yourself and your organization 410? Or where do you hope to see yourself in 410? Uh, exactly one year from today.
1: One year. Um, see, that's a hard. That's a hard question. Just because I have high expectations, and you we're know, kind of the same page on things when it comes into like our end goal. But I want to say one place well, at a couple challenges events um, secured actual like brand partnerships um that's the one thing that we're really using cold war to work on is creating that org resume so then it's like our partnerships aren't just like the affiliate code yeah yeah i know um, what you're talking about yeah and it's actually we on that so i actually have maybe one or two of those and i just want to say or well, not like we're almost at a thousand followers now we're at like 850 or something like that I want to say around at least a couple thousand like just solid rosters because it's like I'm real realistic with things so it's like I could say I want to have our 410 house and all that but it's like I want to have that resume built for Cold War I want to have like our name is out there I want to be able to yeah the big goal is to actually like pay players salary. To get those top, like one of those top teams, but I also want one of our rosters now to turn into one of those top teams so then they just stick with us.
0: Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's something I've talked with my teams, or I guess one of my teams talked to me about. Like, because they're talking, like, one of the players was like, you know, if we do place well at these challengers events, like, and we have other orgs knocking on our door, they're like, we don't want to just jump ship because they're going to offer us a salary. They're like, we want to like make a name, not just for ourselves, but like with the organization that we're a part of, because like we don't want to just basically jump ship and be like, ah, like who are these guys? Like they were just a org that we played for on Twitter leagues and stuff. But I think is it's you know it's awesome to have players like that that like have your back, even if there's a quote-unquote better opportunity for them. But I mean, I'm on the same page as you. Like I'd like to, everyone would like to pay their players and. You know, get the best talent, but when you're able to actually build it yourself, or find it yourself—that is, you know—that's that's that's just a feeling that you know is unmatched, in my opinion. Yeah, it's. um, We've already had a battle
1: with some orgs for our rosters that were offering to pay players and everything like that? I think the one biggest thing, like, org owners, new org owners like no matter what level you are at is being straightforward with everyone um so basically like was able to like get us to secure our rosters is we are open book so it's like we can't give you something we're not going to lie and tell you that we can give it to you just for you to like nine months down the road be like where's this at and stuff like that and it's we actually we're actually really in the pod. Like, it's not, we're not one of those orgs where it's, like, big, like, we're just all about the money. So it's, like, if we can't, if it's something that, if there's something, like, we can't give you, like, give someone, or we're not paying salary, then, like, stuff that's free entry, we see we have no right to it. Um, Until we actually, like, unless we're giving you things, like, benefits, and each team kind of has their own agreement. Um. But it's that whole keeping, like, p- players under us, no matter, like, what's going on is, like, it's really just off of building friendships with those players. Because if players actually care about the owners and actually care about the org, that's going to go far more than being paid um, in the long run in those eyes. Because a lot of these kids, like, I find a lot of, like, we can say lower tier or whatever, they're all about getting paid, but, like, the hires here that actually know how stuff works, they'd rather be under someone that's actually, like, wants to see them succeed than just someone as, like, seeing them as an employee type of thing. Yeah, um,
0: that's a very good point right there. Like, money's start, are, money's appreciate. obviously nice, but you you want to be in a good situation rather than... You'd rather be in a good situation with, you know, good people around you rather than a bad situation and you get pocket change every month you know yeah and that's
1: the biggest thing and it's like one thing like all these like people like all these kids like one thing i really want them to understand is like orgs are going to promise you everything and anything there's going to be a lot of orgs there's going to be a lot of good orgs that know what they're doing and there's gonna be a lot of orgs that are literally just promised stuff just to promise things um and and it's really sitting down and listen to what they have to say and just asking for help i would just like kids feel like they're so afraid to ask for help like even if you're left the org but you kind of left on good terms i would ask those org owners like if something made sense or like even friends reach out ask if stuff makes sense because that's where a lot of kids get caught up because people really understand is like once you actually sign a contract, like, if these kids are getting put under contract and you're over 18, it doesn't even matter. Once you actually sign a contract, that is a legal binding thing. Yeah. So, like, they can have clauses in there where it's like you owe them $2,000 if you leave before the end of the contract or whatever, and then you say you left. (laughs) They really could, if they really wanted to pull out the energy to sit there and go out and sue you, they could. Like, and that's where it's like, because don't understand how serious stuff really is. Yeah, I
0: always um, got to read the fine print when it's yeah. when you're starting to sign stuff.
1: And if you can't... If you ask an org owner straight up, definitely if you're trying to sign a contract, if you ask an org owner straight up, like, what are you offering me? Like, what are like, your benefits? And they can't tell you off the top of their head, then that's shady. Um, because it's like, most org owners, if they really want a team... They already know straight up off the bag what they can offer that team at any moment for that team to ask them straight up. So if they're like, hold up, well, you'll see when you get to contract and stuff, it's kind of shady if they can't straight up tell you what it is. Or if they say one thing and then the contract says something else, or the owner, I'm big on if there's multiple owners and their stories don't match up, then it's shady.
0: Yeah, then you wow. yeah, that's a good point. Then you got, you know, you got to worry about people just saying stuff to get you to come on board and then like you said, yeah. once the time comes, they basically just lied to you. And that's something yeah, that waits a waste of time. Yeah. A couple episodes ago, I had Furious Steel, the owner of Furious oh, former owner of the former organization, oh. Furious Steel on, and that was a huge thing, was all the lying and the deception there. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. That's <laughs> that, that, basically what I'm going to say is like being straight up is always the best thing to do because if, and if players ask for stuff, like, don't be afraid to say like, no, I can't do that because maybe they're just asking to see like, and that's something that I've kind of learned. Like, like I know what I can offer. I know what I can negotiate on what I can offer. But I'm not afraid to say no, like, sorry, I can't. Or, like, no, I can't do this, but I can do this. Exactly.
1: Or be like, no, I can't do this. But in some time, that is the goal to be able to do that. Like, yeah, a lot that's of kids good thing. really want to make sure that the work owners actually see growth, like, want growth in their own org. So, like, even if you say, yeah, I can't pay salary now, but let's create this resume, grind out, and then maybe I'll be able to pay salary at this time and then just so they know you actually have like goals like the org actually goals and it's just not going to be standstill and they're just signing something that doesn't want to go anywhere except you play and then give give up some of the money um yeah
0: i mean that's and that, that's really and something i personally do with like with the two teams i have like we kind of like Have our like what we offer and like what we can offer kind of like set up in like in like blocks. So say like, because obviously the cold war hasn't even started. So like, yeah. I think I'm gonna have two good rosters, but I could have two bad rosters. I could have two top am rosters. Like, it's you don't know. So it's like, all right, for the first block, say a couple months. Like this is what we can offer, and then say like you do, like you start placing really well. all right, we'll bump it up to this, or say like you're not doing so well. We'll be like, all right, we'll stay at this, and if we don't see any improvement, maybe we have to drop down, or maybe we just have to, you know, cut ties.
1: Yeah, we have like, um, like probationary period before benefits start, and stuff like that. Just kind of kind of feel that like, because like, so our roster like with careless and Bishy in them, we're not really too worried about them. And then this one also is, like, we created such a friend, like, we're actually friends with them to the point where it's, like, not that big of a deal, and we kind of already know who they are. Um, Our other roster is kind of, like, they have a probationary period and stuff to kind of feel them out and see um, what's going on, because we knew nothing about them before we started talking. Just so then there's no question, like, there's no, uh, like, we just... Let's say we're still on apparel. We just have to a whole bunch of apparel to a team that we want to drop.
0: Yeah, there's no wow. question marks because – yeah, no, no I agree what you mean. And that's something that, yeah, like you said, like with apparel, like apparel is, like, nice to offer your players and stuff because, like, you know, it gives them stuff to represent you, like, in person and stuff like that. But you can't just be throwing all that stuff out there as soon as you sign – no, oh, no. In like some cases, you can and stuff like that. Like with careless and risky, maybe you have that trust built. But if it's just a team, you're, you know, like you think yeah. they're going to be good. you think you have trust built? But you know, you got to, got to be sure. And like you said, you have that probation time or like like a grace period to really feel people out and kind of see, see what it's all about. Yeah, because it's like also like beginning the games is like
1: you can send a pair out or whatever out right away, and then roster change two weeks later. Yeah, and it was kind of like a waste of a waste of money because that's just the common trend with Call of Duty and beginning of games. Any game in the beginning of the game is just rosters constantly changing, changing and rotating and everything like that.
0: Yeah. So that's gonna do it for episode eight of today's Wave Check podcast. Uh, another it's gonna recap that quick shout out over to Fresh up hydration. Uh, I don't think I said that in the beginning, but Go over, try their new Santa's cookies. Make sure you use code WRC, WRC at checkout. Give yourself a 10% discount. And you got new, got yourself a new flavor. So this has been episode eight of the Way to Check podcast with the owner of 410, Sharon, 410 Gaming. Um, go check them out. Their Twitter is at 410 underscore gaming, or is it just 410 Gaming?
1: Just 410 Gaming.
0: Just 410 Gaming. And until episode nine, see you guys later. And as always, ride the wave.